Hey, I remember those guys. That's the Ohio State Buckeyes that are national title contenders and a scary threat to win the Big Ten and get back to all those goals that are on their list, right? That was the preseason yeah. plan. It was all de- designed to beat Western Kentucky 63-10 to 10, or maybe to be ready for Notre Dame next week. Yeah, I think we're on the wrong side based on what I see on our screen, but you're Austin and I'm Berm, but on the screen it says, I'm Austin and you're Berm. Oh, boy. But we got who makes that. the graphics? I don't, well, I did, but that's where I stood. That was the problem. I just didn't think about it. Uh, we're just we we're here. This is what happens when we're doing this stuff on the, on the fly. Welcome um, to Snap Judgments. Hey, we are in the horseshoe. Ohio State won sixty three to ten. Now I am Austin, and he's Berm, yeah. and he's going to explain how the preseason plan worked to perfection. The preseason plan worked to perfection. Uh, that's the show. Uh, now, honestly, you got what you wanted to see today for Ohio State, and that's. You come out, you get the ball, you march down the field and you score. I'm fascinated by Ryan Day's new approach on like going for it on every fourth down when it's inside of the 40 yard line. I think I'm for it. Like, I don't, I don't, why kick a 48 yard field goal when you have a just as good a shot at getting a, a first down as making, better. as making the field goal? And, you know, obviously the Buckeyes were, were expecting a very pass happy Western Kentucky team. They got it early. Kudos to, to that team for coming out and trying to win and playing aggressive. They went for it on, what, six, six fourth downs in this game. It's fun to watch, yeah. but, you know, if, if you're an Ohio State fan, I think this is what you've been waiting to see from your Buckeyes this season. And Ryan Day, at the Skull Session this morning, went out of his way to tell the people there, like, you're going to see this team take the next step today, and they did. And uh, it was not just the offense. It was not just the defense. It was a complete team effort. And that's what you had to get out of this game today before heading to South Bend. Yeah, and I think people that question, well, why why didn't Ohio State do that in the first two weeks? Why didn't they do that to Indiana? Why didn't they assert their dominance against Youngstown State? I'm not saying that they purposefully avoided doing that. Like, when you had one-on-one matchups against an FCS team, Ohio State should reasonably expect to win those. But I, I think some of the you know, slow playing, slow build that Ryan Day had alluded to, you know, he was never going to push the envelope to just make the score look good. Yeah. And I think when he talked about Sunday being a, a difficult, you know, day back in the Woody and looking at the film and all the areas that were still to improve, that was sort of what he wanted. He wanted to be able to coach that team really hard. And if you're listening to that and saying, well, that's just a justification for two wins that weren't that impressive, that's fine. This is the way that I'm viewing it. I think it's the way that Ohio State's coaching staff approached it. And, you know, does that mean that they're going to go out next Saturday night and blow the doors off Notre Dame? I don't know. But this was more like what the team that you expected to see. And they they provided an effort that shows you that the ceiling is still there. Yeah. I I think some people, like, wanted Ryan Day and the coaching staff to hit the panic button. And there's just no reason for that. And so you do have the opportunity to build slowly over the first few weeks. You come out today, you let Cal McCord know early in the week that he's the starter. You're going to come out. You're going to be aggressive. He fumbles the ball in the second uh, second possession of the day. And it's, it's a play where I was on the field watching it, and he had Marv man coverage he was on a deep shot. I, now, I that one, he was, that was single coverage. And Kyle has to throw the ball to Marv, period. And that's what Ryan Day's message will be. Like, you have the best receiver in the country out there. Don't get in your head about saying don't take the chance. But... To his credit, next time he goes out there, Buckeye the score. Yeah. It, it, he takes the chance. And so I think that you saw a lot of growth from him today. You saw a, a really good um, a running game that was aggressive, a, a running game that was 
forward mar marching. It wasn't a lot. Even though that there were times when I thought Travion Henderson was uh, dancing a little bit, he still was dancing smarter. It wasn't like dancing. He was being patient. And that's a different thing. Um, generally speaking, he was dancing for the yards. He was dancing for yards. And it showed that burst again. You see Chip training with, with the burst. I mean, it, this team has so many weapons and I, I'm watching it in the fourth quarter and you're up 60, 56 to 10 and, and before the pick six by Jermaine Matthews and Evan Pryor's out there instead of Dallin Hayden. And there's all these things where you're like, well, I don't understand exactly what's going on, but like these guys get paid a lot of money and you just kind of have to trust that their plan is to get better week in, week out. Yeah, I think they did. And certainly that starts at quarterback. You spent so much time on the podcast breaking down, you know, what was going to happen, what what should happen, how are they going to manage the reps, the situation, and it, it resolved itself in a way that I think worked in everyone's favor, and you can notice the difference, I think, in the way that Kyle McCord is handling his business right now. Emeka Bukas said something that was really interesting upstairs, which was, yeah, I had questions about if Kyle could be a leader for this team, and that's not something that you usually hear them say that part out loud in a yeah. press conference, and, and I was like, well, when did that change? Like, not just because he was named the starter, right? No, it, it had been a process, but he's like, any of the questions that the rest of the Buckeyes or the coaching staff had, he said, those have been answered. And they don't have any, they're not looking back. They're not trying to relitigate uh, a quarterback battle or a training camp or any of that. And I think there's plenty of signs. I mean, what, he had three incomplete passes today. Uh, and sure, the fumble can be a learning point. I would say maybe don't go max protect in two routes very often on first and 10 like nobody believes that ohio state's going to run a goal line rushing package yeah. on first down um but again not a football coach so that play didn't work but a lot of others did and you can see the chemistry between kyle and marvin i don't think is a surprise to anybody that story is pretty well worn you can see it developing uh, with the mecca buka and kate stover like that was that was a pretty dangerous passing attack. And there was nothing that you watched it and said, well, Kyle McCord can't do the things that C.J. Stroud can. Does it mean that he's two years in C.J. Stroud right now? No. But the trend is certainly going the right direction. It's funny. You know, it's middle of the second quarter. I was on the sideline shooting photos, and I realized that they hadn't thrown the ball to Stover yet in this game. And Ohio State's top 2025 tight end target is in the building today, Nate Roberts, who on an episode of Bermanology on Thursday night said one of the things he was watching this weekend is how much you throw in the ball to the tight end. And then the Buckeyes threw to the tight end like nine times over the next <laughs> quarter. So um, I, they're trying to do so many things at one time, and trying, and that's a, that's purposeful. Like there's no doubt in my mind, Keenan Bailey at some point today said, "We need to throw the ball to the tight end." <laughs> by the way, because Nate Roberts is here, and we we need to show him we can do it. But also because Cade Stover he's is a dangerous weapon, and he's always open. Two two games now this season with more than ninety yards for Stover in, in the first three games. That's pretty big. Another day where I'm starting to get some questions about him as a blocker, what he just doesn't seem to be as aggressive in that way as he wants to be or has been in the past. But the offensive line today was much more aggressive. And it was from the outset, Josh Fryer on one of the, the early touchdown runs from Travion Henderson was just jacked up. The second touchdown run, the seven-yard touchdown in this end zone here, he was right up in, in Travion's face. He was counting them, like counting the touchdowns. And like that offensive line talked all week about wanting to be more physical, wanting to be more assertive, and they came out and did it. Violent. Violent is I, the word they used. I'm trying to keep this rated G. No. Using words like assertive. It's not assertive. That's not what Justin Fry wanted. I can promise you that. Gentlemen, uh, please be more assertive. Let's assert ourselves. Um, the defense, Berm. Good. About a 
quarter in, I'm thinking I have a little concern. Doesn't seem like the pass rush is doing anything different than Youngstown State. Still, you look at the sack totals and they're not really going to blow anybody off the page. But as the game went on, you could see Ohio State assert itself a little bit more up front. I think part of that, too, comes from the success and the, the fear of what Ohio State's secondary and linebackers can do when they were arriving with some ill intent, uh, forcing fumbles, getting some HOBs. They played at a really high level. And then, you know, those things work in tandem. So that can help, you know, spring JT Tuimolo out and Jack Sawyer uh, and, and company to get th- more things done. I, I still think that they would have to do more next Saturday than they did tonight. But if it's talk, if it's talk about build and getting ready for week four, I did think that there were signs of progress there, but you look at, man, Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, those guys are a healthy Josh Proctor back there. Those guys are really getting it done. Steel Chambers, he's everybody talks about Tommy. Steel Chambers is one of the best linebackers in America, hands down. He will want to. He said he needed to do some work fielding grounders that his hips don't allow him to do that quite the same way. That's why he had to move to the outfield. It's a nice, funny anecdote. He had a great response to it. He also wasn't real happy with Ryan Day for calling him out for not collecting that fumble. <laughs> also pretty amusing. I love Steel Chambers, but I also really enjoy watching and I appreciate his play at a high level. Oh, he had the beautiful interception on the sideline. He has the the big stop on a when Western Kentucky ran the option for the only time today, like upends the guy in the backfield. You know, I think it's easier. The pass rush gets more assertive, as you said, when it's 28 to 10, as opposed to when it's 14 yeah. to 10. And so, you know, there's all these things that tie in together. One of the defensive linemen walking off the field today said to me, I told you it was going to happen. We've just been pussyfooting around. And to just acknowledge that maybe they haven't been going quite as aggressive as they wanted to was interesting to me. Um, Now, that said, they still, as you mentioned, uh, didn't get home on Austin Reed, did not sack him. They did. They got one with with Tyler Williams. Um, and Mitchell, Mitchell Melton gets one in the fourth quarter. He just shot out of a cannon on that one. That was That's the type of pass rush we're looking for and have been wanting to see from Ohio State. I'm still wondering if there's a rotational, not an issue with how much they're rotating, but I think that you have an opportunity to use Kenyatta Jackson and Mitchell Melton as an opposite type of player to Jack Sawyer and JT Tumalo as opposed to having both of those guys on the field at the same time. I don't think that you're getting enough out of those guys in the run game or in the pass pressure to keep them on the field all the time when you have elite pass rusher like Kenyatta Jackson. And when he's on the field, like he's getting close to the, he's, he's at least pressuring the quarterback. He's at least causing the quarterback to hurry. Same with Caden Curry, same with Mitchell Melton. Like, I just think that there's a way that you can have those, have your cake and eat it too with, with those guys on the field. But overall, it's hard to be anything but positive about the defense today. I thought that first quarter, sometimes that first drive is always a little weird. You think, hey, I don't, we don't know what they're going to do. The first 10, 15 plays are scripted. It's always the best drive of the game for most offenses. Um, and Ohio State couldn't get off the field on third down. You're like, oh, no, here we go again. But they remedied it. They got it fixed. And it's not to just say that these were like third and longs. I mean, Western Kentucky did a good job moving the, the ball, getting to the third and short, fourth and short, and the Buckeyes uh, bowed their backs and, and did a great job getting off the field. But they also did a great job on offense, staying on the field on third down when they had it. So like this, again, I hate to go back to the very beginning, but you were looking for a complete team effort, and you finally got one uh, today. And now you have a lot of momentum to build off of for next for next week. Awesome to see Carnell Tate get his, touchdown, his first touchdown. He's been through so much in this in this yep. offseason. When he came off the field, you could see Marvin and those guys were just like just elated for him. 
Same with Jermaine Matthews. The Buckeyes get a stupid sideline warning, a second sideline warning, and uh, lose five yards on the extra point. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you – it's not It's not excessive celebration where it's 15 yards and you miss an extra point. It's a five-yard penalty. Who cares? Like, you need to celebrate your teammates in, yeah. in that situation. And um, for Jermaine and, and Carnell to see them get their first touchdowns today, that's awesome. Um, you know, we saw Johnny Thurman in the game, although he was only doing – Blocking on field goal attempts. Brandon Innes got in there. He was the target on Devin Brown's tipped ball interception. Juani did get in at tight end on the last drive. See, I was already. Working. Yeah. Um, so you you get Brandon Innes in there. It's you're trying to get a a lot of young players. And play. Caden McDonald gets in the game. Evan Pryor. Evan Pryor gets in the game. I mean, there's questions I'll have throughout the week about where are some guys and how I'm do you find in. how do you find enough carries like i don't understand what's going on with dalen hayden like i'm not sure why he's not it it because mayan williams doesn't play till the fourth quarter and so that's where we are now so but if if chip and and travion are playing that well it's kind of hard to to say you don't belong on the field so uh i i kind of like it in one in one one point of view because i think that ohio state needs to be very cognizant of the fact that the best players have to play and screw people's feelings when you're you know out here between the lines but then at the same time you're like you have to build a roster yeah but i think that's what it is i mean ohio state spent arguably too much time focusing on the number of plays and the number of possessions and and one of the things that came out of that is like if it's going to be cut down and there are things that ohio state itself could do we know stopping third downs and converting third downs to get more plays. But in that world, where still the first quarter, like you have two possessions and like you're barely going to, you know, they don't want to force the issue and be reckless with it. And I understand that part and that that approach is smart. But in that world, like you no longer can just say these three running backs are all going to rotate and use them. Like that is a position that generally requires some rhythm, routine, consistency to get in the flow of a game. And I think that some of the things that we've seen, if Travion is is dancing around, dancing for yards, like, well, I got to hit this into a touchdown. If I'm only going to get five carries in a game like you did a week ago, hey, remove some of that. You know, pare down your your rotation, your lineup. Yes, in the fourth quarter, you, you're hoping to blow teams out and give opportunities, but this is the point that I've made so often about the defensive ends and the defensive line. You can win a game in the first half, yeah. and then you have a lot more reps to keep people fresh. And I, I think offensively they're starting to get towards that i you know look in the the defensive rotate like tommy eichenberg still chambers is still gonna play or still are playing basically every snap of consequence um you know i'm not going to talk about the defensive line because nobody wants to hear me do that uh, it's again. unbelievable how many times tommy eichenberg is making a tackle yeah <laughs> like He's quite good at football. Uh, and there's also, it's not even that he makes every one of them. He forces things to happen on the fumble recovery for Tyler Williams in the end zone. It's Tommy Eichenberg who shot the gap and forced the running back to do a twisty roo, twist, you know, whatever he was doing. <laughs> twisty roo, a dunk, twisty dunk, roo, a dunk a roo. And he gets hit then by um, Steel Chambers, I think, who forces the fumble and then almost picks it up. Uh, it's just Denzel forced the fumble. Denzel forced the fumble? Yeah. Well, Denzel's playing great. I mean, my goodness. Um, Tom McCord's grades. Let's. I think we need to make this a, a, a thing. Okay. Like, let's grade out the QBs. Okay. Um, he, he was what B minus against Indiana. I think I gave him a C plus. A C plus. I think I gave him a B minus because I'm not as mean as you. Um, <laughs> is today an A? Yes. Because I don't know how it couldn't be an A, right? I mean, what the I, fumble, obviously, notwithstanding, what what could he have done better today? I think 
we disagreed on the situation for the read on that play. And I, if I'm wrong, I, when I look at the replay, then I will certainly admit to that. I don't think he had an, an opportunity to throw that football. He was holding it and expecting that max protect to hold up until it came open. If I, if I saw the play wrong, then I saw it wrong. Was, I hope that I saw it right, but I'm pretty sure I saw it right. I thought the conversation that was had in the press box was that there was help over the top on Marvin and that he, it wasn't. Now, we only we got one limited replay. I, maybe you guys saw more of that watching the broadcast than I did. Uh, I, I didn't take exception with the read, but that would be the only play I, I feel like that we're going to you know, yeah. argue about or disagree it, about it, at it, this point. So it's, it's, simply, an yeah, it's simply a play that when you were parsing through the quarterback competition in the preseason, one of the knocks on Kyle McCord was that he was too conservative. And if you have the best player in America, I don't care, even if he's, even if it was a double team, I don't think it was, I think it was single coverage. Even if it is, sometimes you just throw the ball to Marvin Harris. He doesn't have to be But he, wide there open. was another throw into double coverage that I was like. He did throw one to Marv into double coverage. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, that one you threw. Yeah. But it was, it was underthrown. The, I think sometimes you just got to let it rip. Throw it as far as you can. And, and let Marv go do Marv things. And but it was first down. Yeah, but like that's the lesson. That's the lesson. Yeah, okay. And, and I, I'm i going to stamp it, mark it down, guarantee it, triple ding, long, bank it up, whatever you want to do. That's the conversation Ryan Day is going to have with him about that play. When triple you, ding, dong, bang, wong? Triple, triple ding, dong, bang, wong. Mark it down. That's the conversation Ryan Day is going to have. When you have the freak out there, but when you got the Martian. Can't he say, hey, don't send out Max Protect on first down. No. Everyone in the world knows it's going to be two routes. No, Kyle like, McCord cannot say that uh, because the play is still there. And <laughs> Well, maybe he can politely request. Uh, he may be, but I, I, I think that he's going to go, you're right, I just need okay. to throw that ball. Fine. And It uh, sounds like you've decided I'm wrong. It's an A for Kyle McCord, period. Um, <laughs> what else? Anything else of, of consequence today? Uh, Josh Proctor was back. He played a very steady game. Lathan Ransom, uh, he was questionable. It was a, not his thumb that he had a bandage on today or a cast. It was his pinky and his uh, ring finger. Okay. So it looks like he probably blocked another punt in practice mm. and broke his finger or something because... Stop uh, doing that, Lathan. Uh, Ohio State, you know, I, I was when we watched him when he walked in, we were like, oh, he's kind of springy. He's got his normal step. So it eliminated the thought of maybe it being a leg issue. And then he came out for warm-ups and he was doing everything normal except for his fingers. And I'm surprised they played him, to be honest. Me too. Um, but but if it's just that, yeah. he's already shown he can play through similar or worse. What's weird about today, we saw so much Jordan Hancock, very little Sonny Styles. And when I mean, he, he started the game lined up basically as a cornerback. Um, no Cam Martinez at all today in the secondary. Did not play a snap. Um, Jihad Carter came out in the fourth quarter. Like, it, it's... It's an interesting rotation at safety, and it's hard to knock it because it's working pretty well uh, at this point, but n- big test coming up. It is. Next Saturday night, South Bend, Indiana. Berm and I will be there at about, well, still be a couple hours past when we're recording this right now. We're, we're live, and if you missed it live, I don't know when you're watching it, so I can't really say. Uh, Big mistake on my part, but we'll keep on plowing through next it's Saturday. A big night. mistake on your part for not watching it live. Yeah, that's right. You got it. But also, we really appreciate you watching it later. Yeah, or whenever, and your support at any time, uh, and for any of our shows. A lot more of them will be coming uh, as we get ready to head to Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame next week. Battle of the Unbeaten's top ten matchup, a rematch from right here in this building last year, where the Buckeyes beat the Irish tonight. It was or this evening, it was over Western Kentucky, sixty-three to ten for Ohio State, three and zero. Oh, 
uh, already somehow a quarter of the way through the season and now we're a quarter of the way through regular season snappy jays thanks for joining us for berm i'm austin we'll talk to you later